listeners, it's Jeremy from the show. If you're listening on the old Entrepreneurship Elevated podcast, please check out our new podcast at www.mmpodcast.me. We listen to your feedback and we're told that some people miss the old banter of the Entrepreneurship Elevated podcast. So we're going to try something different and bring that back today. Please leave us a rating at rateourpodcast.com. If you're the resident of Rome, you're a Roman. It's that simple. Oh. Yes. Probably. Because yeah, in New Jersey, cool. you're a New Jerseyan. Are we New Jerseyans or New Jerseyites? New Jerseyan. I think New Jerseyans. But you're not a New Yorkian, you're a New Yorker. That's true. And you're not a Romian or a Romer. Well, you're a Romer. But you're a Roman. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I'm a real woman. I'm waiting for the segue somehow into the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Okay. It may never appear, Jeremy. It I may never appear. <laughs> well, uh, I want to welcome all of our guests that are listening in. We intend to have some Higgy today. Higgy. And um, we're going to play a little game about entrepreneurship. You are listening to Mike Up in your podcast. We would uh, like you to subscribe. What? And re- what? No. And Mike Up in your podcast. Did I say that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Mike Up in your business podcast. Gosh. And we l- invite you to subscribe, rate, and review our show, which I think is going to be a very low rating considering <laughs> how this has started out. No, this is phenomenal. This yeah. is so, oh, we're have so some good. Fun. Yes. We're going to have some fun. And, and just to explain to the listeners, so we're listening to your feedback, right? And there's people who, uh, who missed the, 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 the fun kind of banter of uh, Entrepreneurship Elevated. So we're doing different uh, segments in order to give you guys that. So you get the long form interview, and then you get the behind the mics, and then you get the whole team thing. So we're switching it up. Um, and so, yeah, today we're going to play a game called Hig. 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 Um, Let me ask one more thing. Are, are those letters, uh, was it, uh, what are the letters of the, they call German, Germanic letters? Is that the word? Meaning is it the Germanic alphabet or is that like that Y, actually not a Y, it's a different letter. Do you know? Uh, I, I don't know. I think, I think they're the same. I think it's the same. Yeah. Cause like a- Abel Skeever's German or not German, Danish. And that's, I think it might have like a umlaut or something on it, but it's not. It's yeah. still the same letters, yeah. Like in Spanish, if it's two L's together, it's it's not called two L's. I think there's a word for it. It's, it's considered a, a standalone letter. Yeah. Now it's like a Y. Oh, is, yeah, 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 Yama. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Get into this. So I have, um, so basically it's, it's, a, it's a conversation game. So you, you ask a question and then it's like a roundtable discussion about that. Um, the first card, I have no idea what it is. Uh, so I need you guys to, to pick, give me a number. 12. Well, uh, no, sorry. <laughs> between, between one and three. I should have said. This game's already awesome. Yeah. I was going to say two, two. Two? Two. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. There, there are actually both good ones. Should parents introduce their children to a religion or let them two figure minutes? it out? Yeah, you just can't stop Kelsey, can you? You know what his intent was. What? Well, what did I say? That. You said what children's. I, inst- did I? Yeah. Oh. You threw a superfluous s. Their children 
to a religion or let them figure it out themselves? That's a good I, question. I would say, and I'm not a parent, so. Uh, that you know, that you know. Grain of salt, yeah. <laughs> she knows so. <laughs> She might have had her egg Pretty positive at about some this. point. Yeah. She's not sure. That's that's her that's what her date's gonna do to her. <laughs> I don't have any kids. And he's gonna be like, really? <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a good comeback, Jeremy. Uh, um, but I like the idea of introducing them to religions, but not forcing them to believe it. So maybe introducing them to a variety of religions so they get exposure and they can feel what kind of resonates for them. I agree. I um, I was, I, I, Christopher and I, we kind of struggled with this too. We started our children um, attending church. Um, and then my belief system just didn't let me continue with it. But um, I, I was kind of glad that they had an introduction uh, as brief as it was, they had an introduction to it because I'm, it's sort of like laying a foundation for um, looking into future, um, you know, paths of spirituality or whatever, but the learning process of it. What say you, Mike? I say, uh, so I believe in God. Um, I don't believe in some of the religious parameters put around it. So I was raised Methodist. My parents were Methodist. And... um, but I also see it as it's parables, stories. I, I don't necessarily see it as fact, um, but I understand some people perceive it that way. Here's what I do like, what I did like about, we went to church regularly. Then there was a, actually a conflict at our church, uh, a moral situation um, where there was a person who had committed a crime, a legit crime, documented, and uh, was deduced the nature of this crime actually theoretically we're putting church members at risk by their presence. And yet the church uh, leadership said, but they have to be an accepted member. Uh, and so there was conflict over that. And that was a decision we didn't actively continue to go to this church, this church. Um, here's what I liked about church was that it was, it was tradition. So there there's the holidays and so forth, but there was the tradition like, Oh, Sunday morning we go. And then there's the coffee hour. And so I liked my children being indoctrinated in a form of tradition. Yeah. I don't think it has to revolve around religion. I, it could be every Thursday night you're you're hanging out with friends and doing Higgy. <laughs> like I, I just like the fact that there it was routinized. Yeah. Um, so I, I miss that. But the same thing. I don't think I think we're all allowed and should believe what we believe. So one of my children children is very um, atheist. I would almost say, and others are agnostic. Uh, and yet I believe in certain parameters of how God's defined, um, but um, don't feel that religion in how it's commonly defined as, as a factual representation of what happened is, is appropriate. You said yeah. that so much better than what I was saying. And that's really? exactly what I was thinking. Yes. I also loved for, um, cause I grew up in church too. Um, mom was in the choir and dad was the voice of the, the Christmas, you know, production every year, the narrator for it. And 
I loved my family having this other sense of community. And as a kid, I appreciated having other kids who didn't necessarily go to my school being another subset of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, there were benefits to like having these these other communities and tradition. Like to this day, the, the midnight Christmas service would make me cry. It's just so beautiful. And I sometimes am saddened by the fact that my beliefs don't always align with the church in a way that I feel like it can be really immersive in the whole experience of it. Um, but, and, and in that regard, I really kind of am sad that I did not continue my children in church. But um, at the same time, I think I did a okay job of um, educating them on multiple religions and, and kind of piquing their interests about different uh, schools of thought and beliefs so that they could pursue more. But I think if you don't do that at all, it's very easy to miss an opportunity to have your kids experience that at all. I'll say my younger one who didn't get as much church experience seems less in tune than the older one to any religion than the older one who's more aware of religions in the world kind of a thing. Yeah. Conversations I've had with folks who weren't raised with a religion, I think it can be a little bit alienating, at least in the U.S., uh, and uh, I think confusing because you don't have that sort of understanding for how the bigger picture might work. Uh, And to your point before, you have a lot of friends who are associated with the religion and you don't have that and you don't, you can't understand what that feels like or looks like. So I do think that it can be hard for those kids. Yeah. It's in when I get emails uh, from some folks um, from the U.S. based, so it's mostly Christianity-based folks. Uh, some people will say, "You know, God bless you," or "God is great," or something like that. And uh, my response is is the same. And you know, God is great. And when when some people, most people don't say anything. I don't say anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think is in my place to uh, insert my perception or impress my perception of what God is or isn't upon anyone else. I do think it is my responsibility to acknowledge that we all have our own beliefs. And uh, it's not about who's right or wrong here. It's about acknowledging that to our, to myself, my belief is correct. And to someone else, their belief is correct. And to acknowledge that. Um, so yeah, it, it is a shame. It's, it's such a touchy subject. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's a shame that it has to be a right or wrong. Not, not that it has to, that, some people instigates right or wrong. It's very much like politics, right? So it's, they say when you're at dinner, don't talk religion or politics. Yeah, polarization. Yeah. Yeah. Jared, what's your feelings? Well, when I taught my cats about religion, <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard discussion, right? Yeah, a lot of meowing. Uh, didn't really understand what they were. Um, he says, "I am your god." <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I, I think, um, so like, like kind of like along the lines of what Mike was saying. So if somebody sends him an email and says, God is great, I, I think you can respond and say, God is great. Even if you don't believe in God, because God means something different to everybody. It's based off of the information that you've perceived that you've ingested. And I think a lot of times people make the assumption that we're all given the same information, but we're not. It's like with politics, like we're all given completely different information. And so that's why we have our specific set of beliefs. So maybe um, 
like a Gadsden flag to me means something totally different to somebody else, you know? So I think it's wrong to, uh, to kind of put your perceptions on what you perceive onto somebody else. Cause maybe they, it's, it's totally different for them. I think that in my opinion, the best course of action for kids is to expose them to as many religions as possible and kind of give like a general overview and explain, you know, here, here's this religion, here's this religion, here's this, and then just kind of let them run with it. And, and, you know, they'll, they'll figure it out on their own because throughout life, you change so much, your beliefs change and, and your experiences will kind of mold you into, into where you're going with that. If that makes sense. Yeah. For real. Cool. I think you wear the hat regularly that you've got yeah. this hat. Yeah. Somebody said something to me about it the other day. It's, got, was, it's empowering. It was, um, I was, where was, that's a Wawa. And I was coming out and, and I'm walking by and a guy goes, you've got what? <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> This COVID, I've got the COVID. You should be like, you got this. Yeah, you should have done that. I got this, baby. <laughs> hey, J-Bone, it's been so long. So I got you this about three months ago, waiting for you to come up. So I'm going to reveal just because you haven't, uh, you haven't been here in a while. So this is a gift that's waiting for you. Oh man. Um, and I'm just doing because the the theme. Nervous for you. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Everything tastes better with cat hair in it because you were you mentioned That's on one of our calls. You're like, there's freaking cat hair everywhere. I got a Roomba. Yeah, I had to get a Roomba just to keep the cat hair there. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. But... So that, this awaits you if you ever get your ass up here. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely. I, I, was, I was talking to somebody the other day about my cat and I was saying how sad I'm going to be because he's getting older. And I know he's only got like a year, maybe a couple of years left. And I'm like, man, uh, when he goes, I'm, I'm probably going to get a dog or something. But uh, yeah, it was just, uh, that, that's funny though. That's hilarious. Yeah, Thank so you. to wait too. Have you made any projects with the cat hair? No. <laughs> there has been no felting, no no little like Hello, Easter Megan. decorations made of the little what, puffs, little bunnies. Really is, so after Kelsey bought, so just for the listeners, Kelsey bought me this book for Christmas and it was um, how to make projects with cat hair, which is really disturbing. <laughs> really I'm just like the cat lady, cat man lady at this point. Like, <laughs> and um, I researched it. And what's even more disturbing is people do the same thing, but with dogs. I can understand with cats because cat hair is kind of clean. It doesn't smell, but dogs, dogs stink all the Dude, time. That is a yeah. cat lady comment. <laughs> is it like for real though? Oh, you are I didn't cat lady. Right, next question. <laughs> I can <laughs> understand. Superior to all animals. I can understand with cats, but dogs? No way. <laughs> cats are brilliant. They clean themselves all the time. Oh, Jeremy, there's no getting out of this. There's no uh, winning this. Yeah, let's go to the next question. <laughs> all right. Uh, have you ever committed or come close to committing a crime? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. For me. Yes. And I, I think you have too. I mean, a lot of people don't. I, have. I mean, there's lots of like traffic stuff. I feel like I do all the time. Okay, we should, we should talk about and the green. time Jeremy parked on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> I didn't think there was an issue with it at all. Like, no. why am I getting a ticket for parking the opposite way of the road? <laughs> I'm going to get fired up about this. You're parking on the street. It doesn't matter what way you're facing. Yes, it does. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the car fits in the spot. But, Jeremy, I think it has to do with the way you cross traffic to get out of that exactly. spot. Exactly. You don't think it could be problematic? 
Yeah, but isn't that the same? Wouldn't that be the equivalent? Because so like when you're when you're backing into parallel parking, right? It's kind of like you kind of got to do the same thing. You got to look behind you. You got to make sure nobody's coming. If you pull out into traffic, if you're facing the wrong way, you're just a bad driver. <laughs> no, but it's not the same because if you're parked across the street and you when you look behind you, you probably use your side view mirror in a parallel parking situation. You can't use a side view because it's now across another lane. It may be in a blind spot. You can use your uh, passenger rear view, side view. No, but I'm saying that, that, well, it depends how you position your side view, but it may not cover both lanes. Hmm, I don't know. Anyway. Let's hey. so, listen, so here's something interesting. I was at an event um, with entrepreneurs and a, it wasn't a warden, but it was someone who worked in the jail system was there for extreme crime, like, uh, you know, violent crime and stuff. And um, it was a woman, she goes uh, to the group, she goes, who here has committed a crime? And like, no hands go up. And she goes, um, who here has ever been in a fight? Half the hands go up. Who here has ever taken like any form of drugs, marijuana or more, you know, hands go up. She goes, you're all criminals. The only difference between you and those people are they got caught. And it was, it was really an eye opener. If you, you know, if you're in a high school and you punch someone or they punch, you know, you're going to fight. That's assault. You know, um, if you've taken drugs or, or have given someone drugs, that's a crime. So the fascinating thing is a lot of people don't get caught and it is a white privilege. She, she did another example. She showed a video, which maybe you've seen of people lined up based upon skin color from the fairest, whitest to the darkest dark and everyone in between. And she, in the, in the video, they say, basically take two steps forward. If uh, you know, you, you grew up with uh, no parents or something. And then you start seeing this. And by the end of this, the darker skinned people are so much further forward. And yet some of the things are exact parallels when it came to these criminal activities. It, it was fascinating so and sad, but fascinating. Well, n not to get into like the, the race side of it. But I, like, I brought us in very quickly. Thank let's, you. let's talk like degrees though, right? So like misdemeanor, has anyone ever been arrested? No. A misdemeanor. Did you just do the cross? Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe in religion, but I'll, I'll leverage. Not yet. She's, she's went Catholic. <laughs> I, 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 so I have a funny story. I was almost arrested. Um, so when I was in college, there was a bar right next to the college and it was on purpose. This was a complete money grab for the township. There was, there was always the place was like the only major bar that was completely packed all the time. And um, they would, there would be lines to, to the men's bathroom and the women's bathroom before closing or out the door. It was insane, right? And so what happened was people would go across the street and there was porta potties and they would use the porta potties. But then for guys, there there wasn't even porta potties available. So they would just go into a hidden area where there was bushes and trees and just go. And um I couldn't wait. I could not wait. I had to go. And so I'm standing behind this bush and I'm going and uh my buddy's like, yo, the cops are coming. And I was like, oh, good one. Yeah, really. <laughs> And then, and then the cops like, excuse me, sir. And I turned around and I was like, Oh, <laughs> he's like, you want to finish up there? And I was like, I'm done. <laughs> and, uh, and they, they didn't really arrest. They, they could have, but basically it was a public urination ticket and I had to go to court and pay the fine and everything. It was just, oh. yeah. Oh. Embarrassing more than anything. Yeah. I remember, uh, this was back in high school, Amy, I, don't remember if you were there because everyone was so wasted. 
But there was a guy, he lived in Boot and right near the high school, Todd, mm-hmm. Todd Turner. Mm-hmm. I don't as I say his last name. I don't yeah, want to say Todd Turner's last name. Yeah. Todd Turner. <laughs> there was this huge party with illicit, uh, actually everything's illegal at that point. And uh, Jack Gribben, one of our classmates, is all wasted. He goes outside and there is cop lights flashing. And the reason was that they weren't next to the house. They were three blocks down. One person was riding their bike from this party, ironically, and fell down. The cops pulled over to help this person. But Jack sees the cop place. He turns around. He goes to the party and yells, Raid! It's a raid! Right? He, everyone lost their mind. I never saw so many people running. People are, are doing the craziest stuff. And uh, the police never came to the house. <laughs> It was hysterical. It was hysterical. And like Jack. Jack Gray. Very much like Jack. Raid. It's a raid. (laughs) (laughs) And he really thought it was a raid. (laughs) I love it. All right. What about, um, oh, what would you like to be able to experience again for the first time? Mm. Uh, I saw Kelsey's face. I know where she's going with this. What? What's that? No, I'm going to say food, okay? What food, though? Ice cream. So if you had to experience anything for the first time again, it would be eating ice cream? I don't remember my first time, but I know I love it now. <laughs> and she'd appreciate it. You probably, want to, yeah. you probably want to experience your hundredth time, the time you realized it, or whatever time that was. I don't remember a time when I did love it. Mm. Uh, that's true. Okay, so maybe it is the first time. Yeah, I wish that I was more cognizant for it. Yeah. Because I feel like it's kind of a cool, like, sensory experience. Mm -hmm. It's cold, it's smooth, flavorful, creamy. Jeremy, what's the question one more time? Something you'd like to experience again for the first time. The first time. Yeah. For me, it was, uh, I'm I'm thinking business, but it was when I got my first published book. Like, when I got the contract, Mm. actually the phone call from Penguin. They're like, we'd like to publish your book. I'm like, I was in the middle of New York City uh, walking somewhere. I started screaming. I was like, yes! Isn't it funny? Because now it's like, we got to publish deals. Like, okay, we got a deal. We got to do the next one. I got to bring back that excitement because it really is an honor and privilege yeah. to, to be able to do that with them. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Make sure they listen in, by the way, for our next advance ask. <laughs> I think I would like to hear Christopher's marriage proposal again. I missed it the first time. What? I heard it, but I thought it was, we had been doing this thing. Like, you know how, like, maybe you guys did too. And you're like, you start talking about marriage. Like, you're kind of on the same path. You kind of know that you two are probably going to get married. You're kind of feeling like, yep, this is the one. And, you know, he had started saying things like, well, when we get a house, we should do this. Or when we do this, we should do that. So when he proposed, I was so shocked because I thought he was just saying it like, we're going to get married. Right. And I, he said something to that's like that was the proposal was something like. Um, you're going to marry me. Right. And I was like, you know, I will. And then the That's ring the went question? on my finger. And yeah. It was like, you're going to marry me. Right. No, it wasn't that, but it was like, it was <laughs> just said, it was like, marry me. Will you, right. um, 
we're going to like, can we spend our lives together? Something like that. And then the ring was on my finger and I was just like, wait, what? That was, oh my God, I missed it. Like, I just feel like I missed my, I missed yeah. my own. You missed your own proposal. That's funny. I missed my own proposal. Because... He put a ring on it. He yeah. put a ring on it. How about you, Jer? Ugh, this is a tough one. Uh, you know, I, I was probably, um, and there's so many things. The first, the first time I uh, rode a motorcycle on the road, it oh, was cool. probably one of the most exhilarating, free, like, it must feel like a bird kind of, you know? And it's like sensory overload because it's like temperature changes and smells and things that you don't experience in a car. Um, and that's one of my favorite things about it is, uh, especially in the, in the summertime, if you're going through like a beach town or something, so you get the smell of the ocean. And then you pass a pizza shop and you get the smell of pizza. And then you pass a burger shop and you get the smell of fries. And it's like, oh, man. I get awesome. that. That My favorite part of Key West, I was telling Kelsey, my favorite part is Chris and I get a Vespa. And we just, we don't oh, use cool. the car the entire time we're there. We just share on, a Vespa. You, you get one Vespa? The we get one Vespa. I sit behind Chris on a Vespa. And oh, we I wish you were sitting behind. I wish your burly husband was behind you holding on tight. <laughs> That would be great. That would be so awesome. We can make that happen. We can make that happen. But I totally get that, Jeremy, because it is like sensory heaven. It's like the images, the light coming through the palm trees as you're driving down the road. You go into the shady spots that the trees create, and then you bank a turn. And feel the temperature change. And feel the temperature change. And feel the um, sand on the road under the tire as it twists and turns. and, And there's so much sensory going on. It's It's... Delicious. I love it. Sometimes- he, he has a motorcycle, right? He did. It got it got totaled this past oh, fall. It got totaled. Was he on it? No, he wasn't. Somebody drove uh, oh, their right. car through a garage that it was parked inside of. Right. I remember you saying it. that. It, yeah. That, like rolled back down the hill or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Totaled his motorcycle and our neighbor's motorcycle, which was also garaged there. So, You ever heard that song, Downtown by Macklemore? Yes. You you should every time you get in your Vespa, you should be cranking that because it's a song about a moped. It's a song about a moped. It, basically, I don't think the, I the knew story. That. What? I don't think I knew that. Oh, you you can't. You gotta listen to it. So in the beginning, he's like, he's got some money in his pocket. He wants to buy a cool vehicle, but all he has is like eight hundred bucks. So he goes into a moped store, and the owner, the store guy, is like, "I got a moped for you." He's like, "Ooh, this just got real." And. And then there's like the back of vocals is this woman singing. Like there's nothing like uh, uh, sitting on a, a seat, trying to keep balance with your arms around someone else. <laughs> so funny. Downtown. That might be my theme song. Yeah. Oh, okay. Next question. Here's, here's a good one. This is, this is fun. What's the most impressive thing that you know how to cook? Impressive. So, and, and this question for me, this question's tough because I think there's a couple ways to look at it. Impressive technically, yeah. right? Impressive visually. Oh. So, so either, either, or. I don't know that I cook anything that's impressive. I think like I make a kartoffel glaze, which is like a German potato dumpling and a sauerbrot and dinner that my family like. It's just comfort food for us. It's like the ultimate comfort dish. Um, So it's impressive in that it takes a lot of time. The the 
pot roast marinades for like four days and you're spinning it every couple of hours in the brine in the fridge. So it's impressive in, I guess, the, the, what it entails, but it's, it's not, it's not like an impressive dish. Like, like, like your butternut squash soup, Jeremy, with the the drizzle. What was the drizzle over the top of the butternut squash soup? That was just. That was just, um, I think we use maple syrup. Maple syrup. And then like toasted pepitas. Up, oh, God. That was just. Yeah. I, his tempura was the same. Yeah. That was the what? The tempura. tempura. Yes. I called you just recently about that. My guy's dreaming of your tempura. Yes. Oh, that was. Well, dude, you cook, you cook all the time on the tray. What, that's, uh, not, what, that's not cooking. That's. What is it? It's, it's smoking, which basically you throw meat on there and you come back every few hours and I burn my hand once a time. <laughs> This is what we do. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I'll tell you, I think what's most impressive is when my kids or my wife are like, well, you got to make something. Like it's not, so my chili, it's just chili and it's the easiest thing to make. You can do it in like 20 good. minutes. I but, ate it every day on our retreat. I made sure I had chili. I also really like it with the noodles like that. Yeah. yeah. With the noodles. So my, yeah, I've never, I've never had, I can honestly say in my life, I've never seen or had that ever. It was so good. Over noodles. Yeah, with the noodles. But my kid, like when when football season kicks off, no one in my family likes football. It's like it, it's no one is interested. But they all come up to watch it because like, can you make chili? So they're excited oh. for the season because I start making chili. Then like, can you make the chili? So I get the, I get them for a good 30, 40 minutes. while I can say what you know together uh, because that's a win. Stupid chili. Yeah, it's a win. It's a it's a, for me. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do. Hey, you make a smoked apple pie. Yes. I can honestly. I would screw that up. I would not. No, I not really. I don't think so. But <laughs> um, I actually, I do want to do, I have a pining to do rhubarb pie. <gasps> My mother does a strawberry rhubarb pie. That's a killer. Yes. And I have not learned to do it. I don't do even know how to. recipe, actually? I won't mind. And she harvests her own rhubarb to do it. I don't even know how to harvest the rhubarb. I don't know where you cut that plant. I don't know how you. I would how just take you... her celery. I would cut Me the wrong... too. And I think there's a part that's poisonous. Like, I don't think you're supposed to go too low or else you can get very sick from some part of the rhubarb. Do you know anything about Perfect. this? I don't, I don't think that's. I don't think it's poisonous. Okay. I think something that's think not bitter, good about bitter, rhubarb. Bitter parts of rhubarb. Maybe that's it. But I'm going to learn. Damn it. I'm going to learn. Mike, I'm going to give you the recipe. I'm writing right now. Is rhubarb poisonous? Is there it a contains, part of rhubarb? It uh, oxalic acid, which is toxic to humans, but the acidity is generally not found in the stalks. So you got to yes. avoid the leaves. That's the, I guess that's the problem. So yeah, I love your mom's rhubarb recipe. I, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm okay. going to do it. Awesome. Awesome. But I don't want a rhubarb because she may actually give me the leaves because she's like, no. I don't eat the leaves <laughs> and I'll kill sure. everybody. My mother's very kind. She would never kill no, you. Your, mom, your mother's very kind, <laughs> but I, I don't want her rhubarb. I okay. Want her <laughs> okay. I might force rhubarb on you. I don't know. Maybe you I'll should. force you it just, on like, Krista. Overload take me. Take the rhubarb. Take the, take the fucking rhubarb. <laughs> and some strawberries <laughs> too. Damn it. <laughs> too. <laughs> too. I love when you, yeah, Amy has a little bit of that New Jersey. It's, it's my mother's, my mother's Potato. father are Hudson County, and I, they, Hudson County. So, you know, like Jersey City, Union City, right across the Hudson from New York City. And that comes out at me every so often. And I don't, I don't know. When you said potato, you like that, that, that not oh, cheap potato your family. Like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like a little potato. Potato. Like, yeah. 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 That's how you said it. Potato. <laughs> well, God. Kelsey? I don't feel like I make anything particularly impressive. I like to make appetizers a lot. And I feel like I make like a mozzarella and garlic wonton that everybody loves. 
Mm. Make a lot we haven't money. had that. Can we have that, please? Yeah. Actually, it's a good excuse to make it because I really love it. Oh, I would love that. Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy. Te- technically, probably a souffle. So scary. Uh, Just the word souffle makes my mm-hmm. knees buckle a little bit. Like It's really not that hard it's just a matter of why does everybody say it's so hard then and why why are all the cookbooks talking about how hard a souffle is they're temperamental aren't they temperamental they're temperamental to the fact that you have to make sure it's kind of like the sum of the parts have to all be perfect before you can put it together and have it become a whole thing so so that's why it's technical but you also have to have the temperature correct because if the temperature is wrong, then it's not going to puff. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm out already. Yeah. And, and what yeah. about cheesecake? Like a proper cheesecake. Isn't a proper ke- cheesecake like a big hairy deal? Or it should not be really. a hairy deal. Cheesecake, you, you want to hair. Cat hair. Yeah, it's always. It's a very furry deal. Everything that, that, started with cat. What was that drizzle? <laughs> it was cat hair. Yeah, cat hair. <laughs> it's a crunch. Weave together. It was like, either maple syrup or cat hair. One of the two. Oh my god! Um, no cheesecake. You uh, you don't want any brown. You want it to to cook without any brown. Some people though now they're purposely doing it yeah. and calling it brown cheesecake. But yeah. Um. So yeah. So technically, I would say probably a souffle. Visually, um, like a a standing rib roast looks awesome. Yeah, it yeah, looks yeah, cool, yeah. and it's really it, that's not that difficult either. That that's pretty pretty easy too. Is rib roast and prime rib the same? No, so rib. I'm talking about like a rib roast, like a like lamb rack, like the I see, I, roast I, kind of like thing. A, yeah, like a, or like a pork roast. So prime rib is ribeye. Ribeye, okay. It's the whole primal of ribeye. Okay, okay. Yeah. I think we need Jeremy to um, cook forever. Cook forever for us, exactly. Everything in your words for everything his his whole repertoire. I think we need to taste his entire repertoire. I know, I know. Of six months, of- yes, just six months of eight It'll be year all cat hair related. <laughs> I remember that that TV show Breaking Bad. Did, did any of you see that? Yeah. At the very end. It started to almost jump the shark, but the very end, Jesse, the one of the characters in there, they have him chained up. He's he's cooking up the meth, but they have him chained. Do you remember that at the very end no. of the series? Yeah, he's, he's chained and he's like he the, he's basically a prisoner. Yeah, he's basically yeah, a prisoner. He's, he's forced to cook yeah. meth. That's how kind of it's the I think it's the, even the last episode. That's how it ends. That's what you should do, Jeremy. I'm thinking, put him on a running chain so he can move around, but he can't <laughs> escape. He's our prisoner. <sighs> Give me the rib roast. Give me the goddamn rib roast. What'd you say, Kelsey? I feel like you always gnocchi. Remember when? <laughs> and who else is making the gnocchi? But uh, Liz. Power. I think it was Liz and Paul together. We're on the yeah. gnocchi. Yeah, we lost Asian. power. That was horrible. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. We'll have to do that again so that way they can re- redeem. I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got to recruit Paul back for that. Absolutely. I've kind of lost touch with Paul. I'm. I'm. I touch base with him maybe once every three months and just you know insulting messages back and forth. <laughs> but not enough connection. Not no, enough. but you know his his uh, wife now, Vana. Um, is one of the leading authorities in bat, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the word is, bat care, but uh, there's this mold going around that's infecting bats. They get this, it's called white nose or something. It's a mold and it's killing bats at a ridiculous rate, which uh-huh. 
it oh, fucks, it screws with the entire ecosystem. Um, but my daughter, Adela, has been in touch with Vonnie because that's uh, a field she's interested in serving. And she's been, Vonnie's been extraordinary in giving ideas and direction. Wasn't Tyler counting bats at one point? Tyler was, yeah, yeah. Our whole family is very bat. Yeah. It's ever made. You guys vampires? <laughs> have I told, I have a bat story. I may have told you before, so I won't You're, belabor. I don't think so. Your bat dad, Mike. Yeah, well, I got attacked. I didn't tell you about the bat attack. No. All right, so real quick, because uh, I can't leave this cliffhanger. So Chris, so I, I uh, early on, this is like 20 years ago, we're married, our kids are young, um, maybe 18 years ago. We go to Maine. I don't really look at the, uh, the place we're going. I could afford it, or we could afford it. And so it was a uh, cabins and stuff, and they serve meals. Ends up it's a hunting, hunting facility. So we go as a family. None of us are hunters. <laughs> but it ends up being one of our most favorite memorable trips ever it was just Maine is gorgeous. Right. And this was the mountains region of Maine. Well, the first night we go in there and we're, we're sleeping in this little cabin and we hear this like scratching like a mouse in the wall. We're like, Oh God. And all of a sudden, so there was a hole above us um, where they had installed a electric panel and there was like a gap there. And all of a sudden you hear it like <laughs> scratching in closer to it. And I'm like, what is that? And then you hear, <gasps> and I'm like, Oh, and I go like this and I feel something <laughs> slap my face. Krista, oh, that's scary. the most wild scream, women's scream, women's scream you ever heard like this, shrill. Are you sure it wasn't yours? It was, it really was mine. Good. It was <laughs> mine. I shrilled. I'm like, yeah! it was so high pitched. Krista goes, what the hell? So she jumps up, opens a door and there's a bat in the house. Oh. I, as manly as I am, I run and I leave the children. <laughs> I run for the I run for the space where the bat can't go, and so Krista, the man of the house, is now have to deal with the three children trying to get this the bat. bat for an hour. He can't find it. And so like, okay, Krista's like, I'm going to stay out in the living room to protect the children. So she goes in there, but she's afraid of the bat too. She wraps herself in a blanket like it's a cocoon, and she's sitting on this lazy boy. And I'm up with the children now in the um, there's a loft looking down, and all of a sudden I hear Krista. This is like an hour later. Lights are off now. We're like, we can't find a thing. You hear her go, oh. oh flip on the lights the bat is climbing at the back of her chair and she's rocking and she's she's stuck she flips it over <laughs> she lands on her back the bat nowhere to be found um and uh that that was our evening oh my god we never found this bat that would traumatize me i don't know if there's something about bats that traumatize me a little bit we had you, one when you see a picture of them yeah i like them we had one apparently, I don't know how this happened. I think he came down through a chimney and he was in the bathtub and my father threw a towel over him and brought him outside and he wasn't moving anymore. So I believe my father thought he was dead and he put him in the trash can. I thought he had, he thought he was gone. And the next day it was my job to take the garbage out. And I lifted the lid and the thing was like, wow. Right in my face as I lifted the lid to the garbage can. To totally traumatized. Totally traumatized. Oh, that's funny. They scare me. I love them, and yet they they make me. Yeah, nervous. I love them over there. Yeah, I love yeah. them over there. I love them in the caves and under the bridges in Austin, where they're you know famously known to be. But I don't want them right in my face. I know you know they they fly low in the summer nights around our deck. Do they fly low by you guys too? And I, yeah. you know, they're snagging the bugs out of the air, but sometimes they're a little too close. I'm like, Oh, okay. Time to go in. <laughs> they're getting real low. Got to go. The bats are cool. They're, they're, uh, they're so fascinating when you like research 
the way that they operate and the echolocation and everything. It's like so nice. Oh, yeah. And I, have and I love when you're swooping down and catching mosquitoes around our house. Then they're amazing. Yeah, they're, they're great for, for, the, for bugs. I mean, amazing. Like, yeah, it's the same with uh, like, it's like the equivalent to like spiders. I've seen some that actually have faces that look like sweet little teddy bears. Like yeah. some of the faces look really adorable. Some not so much, but some look like little teddy bears. I don't ever see those little teddy bear ones around me. Though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got time for, for one more. Um, researchers say that it is impossible to change your level of happiness. Even if you won the lottery, you would soon be back to the same level as before. Do you believe that is true? Well, it's impossible, it's impossible to change. Yeah. So like, let's say you're at like a level eight of happiness, right? Yeah. So like they're saying, if you won the lottery, maybe you'll go up to a level 12, but it's almost like homeostasis. Like uh, eventually yeah, it, it, it'll be back down and you're going to maintain that same level. Interesting. Do you think that, that is true or do you, do I, you not? I don't think so because I think I have in the course of my life brought myself up to a much higher level of happiness and stayed at a higher level of happiness. I'd say I went from a four in my life, a persistent four. I think I was a kind of a pessimistic person and that colored things a certain way. And I think I'm now closer to a seven or an eight for the most part. And I think I've stayed there. So I think and I don't see myself going back down. This is a sustained period of time now, I think, at this higher level. So I think I think I've been able to change my yeah. my ability to be happy. Amy says she's an eight. I'm an eight. Yeah. I wanna say I don't think it's true. I think to some degree it might be true in my life. Like I don't think that I've I've definitely had lows and I've sort of come back up and I've had highs and I've come back down a little bit. But I think for the most part, I, you know, have this relatively high happiness. But I do think that you can change. I think if your mindset changes over time, as you get older and you have a shifting perspective, I really do think that it can change. I think that's the key to have a shifting perspective, something that completely changes how you see things. I think it's like the the source of information drives that. So if if you turn on the news and watch it, I used to watch it constantly, like many, many years back. I'm like, oh, throw on the news and just watch it. I noticed over time, I became more and more negative. Um, so it, maybe it's about 15 years ago, I stopped watching the news. And then like about 10 years ago, I'm, I went totally cold. I, and uh, I saw, I feel my happiness level raised. So I think it's that daily, that drip. You know, it's funny, we were watching Saturday Night Live Chris and I, not at Saturday night, because that's too late on Sunday morning. <laughs> For real, though. And they had uh, uh, like a, a hysterical skit about watching murder movies and murder flicks. And so it was, this, it was these women where their significant other's heading out. And the significant other says, what are you going to do tonight? And she's like, murder. And they watch this drip of murder. And Chris is like, that is so true. She's like, when you're not around, I love to watch all the murder shows. But- it brings about, there's this fear. She's like, we need more security of our house. We need, you know, all this stuff. That is clearly a symptom of watching, to me, of watching those shows. Mm-hmm. That There's a sense of lack of security. So I think there's a direct correlation. Yeah, it really does skew your perception because it feels more prevalent than it really is. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Jer? I disagree because I think that... Um, so they've done a lot of studies on um, happiness and and fulfillment, and they put a lot of weight on actual physical 
um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kelsey usually can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. She finishes the sentence. It's pretty amazing. Uh, phys- physical, um, like girth? Ev- the word I'm thinking was girth. Is that the word you're looking for? <laughs> yes. No, girth. Back. That's, what, that's what I thought he's going for. No, no, just, um, like everyday, um, you know, doing, doing physical things like activity. Um, uh, yeah, like chopping wood, um, maintaining a, a garden and things like that. And and people don't ever really think about those things as adding to happiness. Well, yeah, not that maybe, not for you. But um, just um, do, in doing those activities, there's a sense of fulfillment and a sense of um, accomplishment that comes with that. So I think that if I were to win the lottery, I wouldn't necessarily be happier because I would spend it on lavish items that I wouldn't want in the first place, but I would be able to curate uh, a situation where I would maybe be able to create like a small uh, estate that was like a, a sustainable estate where I would be able to have my garden and, and yeah, and do that, those kinds of things. And that would, that would make me happy doing those things. Not so it's not necessarily like a consumeristic type yeah. of you can't buy your happiness, mm-hmm. but it could facilitate a happier life to it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. So you yeah, can change purpose. so can you can change your happiness level then. I think I think you yeah. can. Yeah. He's disagreeing with the statement. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I think it depends on, you know, what how how honest you are with yourself on what will actually make you happy versus what you think will make you happy and then you know going in that direction but there's a lot of noise in the background what is that do you guys hear that kelsey's uh, oh no kelsey's muted yeah yeah it's Uh, kelsey's her office doesn't have a door and it actually doesn't even have a whole wall like only there's a gap from it to the ceiling which just uh, i think it's like two or three days ago and i just occasionally i'll grab like some paper or something and i'll throw it over the the wall and you'll hear a scream when I place it properly because it hits her unexpectedly. So that's Let's of- just hope you don't throw the paper into the open candle burning on her desk. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Could you imagine? I started. I didn't think about that. Yeah, so you shouldn't do that anymore. It's not safe, Mike. Damn it! Are you? <laughs> we got we got to wrap up. It's we're we're at the top. I'll take us out. Um, hey, our listener friend, thanks for checking this out. What do you think? Like this is the first time we've just kind of bullshit around like this to have fun we hope you had fun too but tell us so go to rateourpodcast.com that's actually our domain and uh, give us your feedback on the show we'd also be honored if you subscribe and uh, also email me ask mike at mike with any business questions you have any questions we'll make sure that we bring it up in future episodes jay bone did we get it all there we got it all, all right good we're out of here wishing you all good right, times people. Good time. wishing you good time.